make sure that uh, that program doesn't contain controversial subjects and uh, you're not impolite to people. Oh, definitely not, Dad. You know me. I'm never, <laughs> ever controversial or yeah, impolite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Welcome to Conversations with your lovable, never pisses anyone off, never been banned from Facebook or YouTube, never been sabotaged or censored for politely expressing a difference of opinion, ex-Muslim host Ina, keeping it non-controversial. Hello and welcome to Panel Discussion 8 on Linda Sarsour, who is a pretty hot topic these days. Today I have Thomas Smith of the excellent Serious Inquiries Only podcast. Welcome back, Thomas. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And I have uh, Shireen Kadosi, Director of Muslim Matters with America Matters, writer, Sufi reformist Muslim, and Trump supporter. So this should be an interesting conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for taking the time out. I know you've been very busy and we've tried to schedule this for a bit now, so I'm glad we're all here. And it's interesting because we're all kind of critics of Linda Sarsour, just to be clear. But I think within the critical of Linda view, we have some diversity I think Thomas, you're you recently did a, an episode on Linda Sarsour, and I think you're a bit softer on her than me. And Shireen, I think you're a bit harsher on her than me. So hopefully, this will be an interesting conversation about the nuances of criticizing Linda Sarsour. You know, I think people find it like useful to hear different perspectives on this because she's a figure that many people find confusing you know like there's so much misinformation out there about her that's hard to sift through all that bullshit with the left saying she's perfect and wonderful often and with the right often saying that you know oh she's an islamist who's called for jihad stuff like that so it's hard to figure out what's true and what's not and hopefully this conversation can shed some light on that so let us begin. I read your piece, Shireen, on Linda. That was very interesting in The Federalist. I think you come at the Linda critical angle from a Trump supporting angle, which puts us like in different different camps, but we're yet we're both critical. So so firstly, what about Trump? What about him as a Muslim woman makes you a Trump supporter? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back just a quick step. When it comes to Linda, the and maybe the Federalist artist article came across a little bit differently, but when it comes to Linda, I, my disagreement with her comes as a woman, first and foremost, beyond being American, beyond being Muslim. So it's, it's a woman-to-woman thing. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to Trump, what I see is, what I really like about him is the level of honesty we get. And it doesn't mean he's always right. It doesn't mean he doesn't change his mind, but we get something raw that we can work with. And I feel like that politically hasn't happened. We may hate what he says. He may say really unpleasant things and then the story may change every day, but at least there's a level of rawness that hasn't been there politically. That's advantageous to us as Americans realizing that 
There is no grand savior in the presidency. We need to be our own saviors. And as a Muslim woman, what I really like about him as a controversial figure is that he is a controversy. And so the fact that he makes so many glaring statements and the fact that his his raw policy is effective, but of course they need to massage the PR side of the, the policies, it does benefit the dialogue that people like myself have been trying to have for such a long time. And we haven't had a platform until he won the primary. People like yourself as in? Progressive Muslims. Progressive Muslims. Okay. So I'm going to let the other American respond to that a bit. So what do you think, Thomas? Uh, sure. Well, I find that all pretty absurd. Um, I mean, he's he's a horrible for our country. He's ruining a lot of things. He's threatening uh, uh, different marginalized groups every day. And I'm really curious, Shireen, how you think he supports how he provides more of a voice for progressive Muslims. That's a really interesting thing to say. Um, I, I, I don't know if we have time to get into that, but for my part, I, as far as Linda Sarsour and the Women's March goes, one thing I actually just did, I know you probably won't have heard it yet, but I did a little bit of a follow-up on that. And one thing that I pointed out in that is that it, I think we can separate to a wide degree the Women's March from the leaders because as someone who I didn't participate, but I wanted to, I was busy, busy podcasting at the time, but my wife participated. A lot of my friends participated. I can tell you, they do not have any clue who was in charge of the women's march, like mm -hmm. the four mm -hmm. organizers of the women's march. What they saw was what it was for the ideals that they stood for on the website. Uh, the general feeling that Trump was a, a huge, just kick in the face and the teeth to anyone who supports women's rights, to anyone who is against talking openly about sexually assaulting women. Um, that's what they were reacting to. They weren't reacting. They weren't marching for Linda Sarsour's past tweets from 2012 or something. So that's, that's, a, that's something that I think is worth pointing out. I would actually agree with Thomas. So Thomas, yeah, I 100% agree with you. I have a cousin who I love dearly who marched as well. And these people largely don't know who the figureheads are. And so I feel like the, again, it comes back to, you know, the question of why why Trump, it, it really comes down to a matter of Trump over Hillary, because the candidate on the other side was so deplorable. But, <laughs> it, you know, it was, if it was Bernie, maybe we would have had Bernie. But the point being is that because he's so controversial, I saw in summer of last year that women's issues is going to be big on the horizon this year because of the controversy. So again, controversy doesn't make us comfortable. And that's important because it's when we're not comfortable, when we're agitated, when we're irritated, when we're offended, that's when we take up the issue and we start digging a little bit deeper. So I completely it's say that. language though, you can't vote for someone because they're controversial. Hillary was controversial. What, Hillary how, was corrupt. Hillary, I've written extensively on Hillary, and you can Google that. She was corrupt to the core. I'm not saying Trump isn't, but when we have for a verified fact that someone has been been part of the problem for, for the issue that I represent, then I can't consciously vote for her. Okay, so I'll say, I'll step in to say this, that I agree that, you know, a lot of liberals were very complacent, and what Trump has done is that it's made everyone interested in politics again to make sure that a person like him never gets voted in again. So there is that. I think that. we can agree. I think we can agree on that. But I really, I don't see how even his uh, take on Islam or anything is part of the solution. I honestly think he's just part of the problem in a whole other way, possibly a worse way. Um, but 
As far as the Women's March and, like, I read your piece and you had an interesting take on it. Like, you talked about how the uh, pro-Trump women weren't uh, made to feel welcome. But, you know, but it was like an anti-Trump march. It was in defiance of Trump. So... I don't think it was just the pro-Trump women. I think what what really led me to examine the Women's March closely was the fact that pro-life women were excluded. And not all pro-life women, of course, were pro-Trump supporters. And it it became down to the issues where it became very exclusionary. And so the type of feminism that I that I embrace, which is sort of a sacred feminism, which is a balance between the masculine and the feminine and and the dualities and embracing and respecting the differences we have as as different genders, it was really exclusionary. And so so for someone like, you know, people in the Women's March who I may not politically agree with, I still respect their choices. I still respect, even if it was a pro-life issue, I respect a woman and her choice to have control over her own, own body. I don't. But that's literally the what they're they're arguing for, though, right? Like, no, they were saying if you're pro life, then you can't be part of this movement. But the, but the movement was a pro choice movement. That's that's what I'm saying. That's not how it was marketed initially. That became an issue once people started being excluded. I don't know enough about that, but I, I'm. It's pretty obvious to me that it was like anti Trump with the pussy hats. It was about. Women's reproductive health, which uh, another term which you don't uh, appreciate, it seems, from your article. You say Women's March shamelessly oppressed pro-life groups by banning them from participating in the march, stating the march's platform is expressly pro-choice. So they said that. And caters, and then you say caters in quotation marks to only a specific type of diversity. Well, you know, like women in hijabs also use that. That, that line when, say, someone is critical of hijabs or, like, when someone says that, you know, you can, like, niqabs and hijabs are not compatible with feminism, then they'll say, well, you know, why are you excluding this sort of conservative feminism? So I, I think in the same way that pro-life thing also falls into that. Feminism no. means a specific thing to many women. You might would, define I, it different, differently to yourself. Yeah, no, I would disagree with that. And I get where you're coming from. I would disagree with it because when the Women's March came together, and it was just an idea that I believe a nurse had, and it evolved into this. It was actually quite beautiful, the way that it evolved. But when it evolved, it evolved so quickly that it wasn't necessarily platforming just this one thing. And so, so many women wanted to be part of it. And then when the story broke that the pro-life women's group was excluded, that's when they underscore that this is the platform and if you don't agree, you can leave. And so I feel when you are when you are championing a, a women's uh, movement, the common sense thing is to be inclusive of the thing that you're championing, which is women. But going back to the But you can't just stuff, include women based on anything that women want. You know what I mean? Women joining ISIS, that's not feminist, right? Well, here's the thing. So the Women's March has the right to exclude who they want to exclude. I just think it's really hypocritical because there's different reasons women join that Women's March. Some were just to to promote feminism. Some were the pro-life, pro-choice issue. Some were against Trump. So there's different reasons women came together for that. The the story for the pro-life uh, issue was specifically because it became a big, giant sort of pocket issue within the movement. And mm-hmm. so in that article, I mentioned the pro-life factor because uh, that, for me, personally was relevant. But I do respect that the Women's, right, Women's March 
is a specific sort of movement and mm-hmm. they have the right to exclude people. I just think it's hypocritical personally. But going back to the hijab. The hypocrisy part, because like I'm, I'm seeing where you don't like the definition of how they're defining a women's march, but they have the stated mission. They have all of their, it's on their website. I'm looking at it right now. They've got their goals, and if you don't agree with them, then I guess you don't want to march with them. Like, why? Where's it's the exclusionary, Thomas? But this, no, but so here you go on to say modern feminism is an abomination. So that's exclusionary too. And that's the thing. I would not say you're not welcome to be a part of this movement or part of this community because you happen to be pro-choice. No, but if it's I'm, a pro-choice platform, then it's strange to want I'm pro-life included. I'm sure in it. it didn't start off as just pro-choice. Those were things that were defined as the movement emerged. Sure, but that's what happens. Exactly. That's what happens. But I still think that as you develop this movement and then you start becoming more and more narrow in your view of what feminism is, then you are excluding a bunch of women just because of their their choices. So it's not necessarily a women's march. It's it's a very specific ideological march. Sorry, Thomas, I cut you off there earlier. What were you saying? Well, I mean, there's all kinds of marches. If we're going to have an NRA march, why would do they have to allow people who you know want to ban all guns? I mean, it doesn't. They're marching for what they believe in. And if your biggest complaint is that it's named the Women's March, but some women won't agree with it, like I just, frankly, that just seems like kind of a snowflake thing to be worried about. I think your analogies are poor, Thomas. If you have an NRA march, which is a, a, a it's an organization that's been around for a very long time, and everyone knows what they're about. Women's March is different. It just rolled up last year, but it rolled very- up in response to Trump. And right, Trump's health care stuff. Exactly. So it was, and a few other issues. It's very new. It's evolving. So as it's evolving, this was a piece I wrote as it evolved back in January. But you still agree that you feel that it was exclusionary, right? I feel the women's march and is indicative of the larger feminist movement, which tends to be very. Uh, very militant in its views towards a lot of issues rather than being open to dialogue with like conservatism right like it is it is pretty not you know forget conservatism because if we look at my actual views and we actually break down my personal views i'm more libertarian than i am conservative and sometimes i'm more of a socialist than i am a conservative so it's not about conservatism it's just about this sort of tendency within our within our nation to be ideologues and really be really be clamped down in our own little camp, in our own little bubble, and not be willing to reach out. So tomorrow, for example, as much as I don't like Linda Sarsour and what she stands for, because I think she's ultimately a thug, if there was an issue... Ultimately a what, sorry? A thug. A thug. So if there's an issue that led me to be at the same table with her, I would do it, because it's not about being so hardline in your views that you can't find bridges to people because I think that's part of the problem. Well, your article is more hardline than most things I, I read on the internet. It's, it's incredibly that's your consult- opinion. That's your opinion, Thomas. Okay. No, but okay. that, I mean, it, it is, you didn't find a bridge. Would you find a bridge with Hillary or these like, you know, feminazis that you call? You say modern feminism is an abomination. And you're trying to tell me that the problem yeah. is like the other side is too. Uh, Thomas, when when you okay, this is this is a this is a larger issue with the militancy in different different ideological groups. So whether we look at the sort of militant atheists, whether we look at the feminazis, which is not indicative of all modern feminists, it's not indicative of my cousin who went to the march or probably your wife. This is the really hard line. Uh, 
hardline camps within within the spectrum, within different issues. But you say modern what? feminism has become a cult that punishes women, that dehumanizes and parcels the gift of creative power under clinical terms like reproductive health. But it's them that are not like nobody's forcing you to, you know, be okay with abortions, but people are fighting for their own choice to be okay with it. Let me backstep that a little bit. So rather than saying whether you're okay with it, whether you're not okay with it, the actual conversation on what abortion is, whether it is life, whether it is not, whether a woman has a right, whether she shouldn't, we're not even able to have that conversation because we get so triggered by, oh, this is my right or this is my body or, oh, this is life and you're a murderer. We get so triggered and we get so entrenched in these in these in these sort of labels of what something is that we can't even have a conversation about behavior or about uh, more philosophical questions. And that's my issue. With sure. But if you're calling feminism an abomination, modern feminism, modern uh, feminism, and, you know, saying that they hold pitchforks and, you know, they're yeah. feminazis, then that's not really being open to conversation either. You know, it's not a one side thing is what I'm saying. So that would be like saying, Talking specifically about a group like ISIS, it's not, it's not to say that modern feminism is like ISIS. <laughs> let's, let's just, you know, have that. Didn't you just say Thomas's analogies were flawed? <laughs> I'm going to use the language he's using. So if we say that ISIS is Islam, it's obviously not indicative of all Muslims today or even Islam. But we're looking at a very, very specific breed of rhetoric within uh, a philosophy right now, and that is feminism. And so that's not to say that every single feminist is of this variety, but the very hard line stances, it is it is that militancy that's a problem. What is an actual, what militancy? Like what, where is it in there in the Women's March mission, which is what ostensibly you can assume that women were marching for if they supported this mission? Where's the, where's the militant part? Like, what does that mean to you? Based on their mission statement, mission statements are very nice, soft messages. But let's look at what something's actually doing. Sure. And when, if you can just go look at the videos, which I'm sure you saw, it's it's ridiculous. Women wearing pussy hats, women shrieking and militant. militant. Wearing That's, a hat no, is militant. Pardon? Wearing a hat is militant to you now. No, That's having true. having this this hardline stance that only. Only that women can only be seen one way, that you're only a feminist if you are this one thing. That is that is problematic and that is militancy. And so that goes across different spectrums to militancy. I I think you're you're just using alarmist language. Like what where's what's militant about that? If you want to define feminism. Define militant for me then, Thomas. Define militant. Militant involves like violence, involves like inspiring. Not necessarily. If you're ideologically militant, you don't need to pick up a gun or a sword. You can still be ideologically militant. But then that would, so then that would be a neutral term. So is it good it's or is it? It's not a neutral term. It's it's. Why do you have this need to to fixate whether it's a violent thing when you? I know what you're saying. I, I agree, Shireen, that there are some things that sometimes are excessive in feminism, and I have criticized them plenty. But what I think is a problem is that this becomes exaggerated and then be, like gets lumped under this umbrella of modern feminism when that's not at all what the bulk of modern feminism is like, in my opinion. It's yeah, just I these mean, fringe cases that are lunacy. Militancy, there's militancy on every side. We can find horrible examples of people on every side. <laughs> Let's talk about the goals, which is why I think the mission statement is useful. Like if you want to try to look at 
And, and and the idea that wearing a pussy hat is militant, like that's why I'm trying to get at what your definition of militant is. Thomas, you can look at CARE, which is an organization I'm probably sure you're familiar with, and you can look at their message, and their message is really nice and soft. And it's re- really easy to write a, a little nice warm message, and then you can look at the behavior. And so when the behavior comes across as being hostile, aggressive towards Towards uh, towards people who don't think like you, exclusionary towards other women. That is what I call the Ouroboros of of modern feminism, which is it destroys itself rather than building a, a nurturing community where we can, you know, disagree but still somehow come together. The entire women's march took a bunch of women and pushed them to the side and said, "You don't matter." That's militant. So this is just very reminiscent to me of what I hear from conservative Muslims saying that, you know, I'm militantly against hijabs and niqabs and I'm exclusionary and because I don't think, you know, hijabs are empowering and feminist. Is that what you specifically hear? I'm not sure. Yeah, that's what I hear. And and so so what I'm saying is that this reminds me of that because um you're, you're asking to include something in this one feminist march, which had a specific platform, which was pro-choice, and you're asking to include the opposite it of that. It became pro-choice. It didn't start off as being that defined. And as the march grew and as the movement grew, it became more and more narrow and more and more exclusive. It did not start off as but that. But it started That's- off very, very anti-Trump. Right. It started off anti-Trump, yes. And so there are a lot of people who are, and a lot of women who are anti-Trump who may be aligned in other areas, but unless, as the way the march grew, unless you had a very specific ideology about, about women's rights and feminism, you were excluded. And so when You're I wrote this piece- and, facts. There's nothing wrong with have like, what is the wrong there? Like how, you know, like what- they, they you're have, not a women's they, march if you're include if you're excluding a bunch of women. How are you a women's march? But okay, so then what if they said that you know uh, people who believe in forced niqabing are not welcome here, and they excluded those women? But they didn't. But, and I'm not. And but to if go they back did. To your other, but wait, to go back to your other question, when you mean conservative Muslims, do you mean politically conservative or religiously conservative? Religiously conservative. And they say you're exclusionary. And how do you feel about that? I mean, it just makes me laugh because I just, I really don't think how, I don't really understand how niqabs are feminist. So if if they want to consider me exclusionary for that, then there's nothing I can do. You know, there was like an Onion article making fun of this sort of like include all women or choice feminism type of thing where they talked about how, oh, this woman, she chose this breakfast cereal this morning, and thus it is mm-hmm. a feminist breakfast cereal. But that's not really, you know, how I think feminism works. Like, every choice a woman makes isn't feminist. How do you think feminist feminism works? Um, how would you define it? I would define it as a movement that wants equality for men and women and um, the right for women to have full control over their own bodies. So if a woman wants to wear a hijab and she truly feels empowered by it, is that not, in her mind, a feminist view? No, she can be a feminist and wear a hijab, in my opinion. But the hijab is a symbol of, you know, Islamic patriarchy that all all of a sudden isn't going to become feminist. Well, if we if we continue to allow Linda Strasser to do what she's doing, it's already well on its way to becoming a feminist icon. Oh, but, yeah, sure. I agree with you there, but, but it's not really Linda. Yeah, we're going to agree on some criticism. Sorry. 
I think that's where we're going to overlap. Yeah. So, okay. So this I found interesting in your article. You talked about, again, the right to life. You say the right to life is also sacred in Islam, which has very strict conditions for abortion. Yet Sarsour, who has carved a platform out of her Muslim identity, has debased that identity by openly defending the pro-choice movement, saying... If you want to come to the march, you are coming with the understanding that you respect a woman's right to choose. And then you say, so which is it? Is she pro-choice and not Muslim? Or is she pro-life and no longer a leftist activist? Well, clearly, she's pro-choice and Muslim. I mean, that's a yeah, possibility. Now exclusionary. Now, now your definition of Islam is the only one that... No, it's that's... And again, Thomas, I don't appreciate the way that you twist what I say to what you think you want me to say. What she I'm saying, said. exactly. And so let me answer that. What I mean by that is Linda Sersor picks and chooses what definition she wants to apply of Islam she wants to apply. Sure, but that's so all modern theists do. She's actually not a theist and she's admitted she's not a scholar. So when she's going She's not forward, a theist? She's not, she's, not a, uh, she's not a scholar of theology. Sure, yeah, so, but she believes in a God, right? She believes in a God, right? So let me correct that. She does believe in a God, but she's not a scholar of theology. She's not a scholar of Islam, and she's admitted it so much herself. The point being is that when she goes forward and she uses Sharia as an example of women's rights, and and she has all these tweets about Oh, she's crazy on that. Yeah, don't get me started. We'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Right. My point is that which which is it? Because when you're so so pro-Sharia— and you advocate for that, but then this very, very fundamental part of Islamic belief when it comes to life, you sort of pick and choose what you want to believe, which, again, a lot of Muslims do. This is not exceptional yeah. to what Wendell does. A lot of Muslims do this. Right. The point being is that, well, then, are you fully embracing Islam in, in the tradition that it's been received in? Well, you're a you reformist Muslim, right? So wouldn't you encourage someone to... Pick out the more compatible with modernity bits. If I was having a conversation with Linda Sorsor face-to-face, we would have that conversation. But when she champions herself as sort of this feminist icon, and she champions herself as being representative of, you know, this Islamic... this Islamic sort of constitution, then it becomes really suspect when she's picking and choosing based on what's politically advantageous for that moment. You're right there. She's an absolute hypocrite. You will not get any defense of that from me. But what I'm saying is your words also come across as exclusionary if you want her to only pick one one stance, you know, either no, she's pro-life and not leftist. Why, why can't you, the like... Purpose- the purpose of my article is to open a question and to have a conversation. The purpose of most of my articles is to have an exploratory conversation. It's not to make some sort of hammer to the desk uh, judgment on what something is. It's to be provocative, raise a question, sure, and then to have the but the subheading here is feminism literally isn't for everyone. And then you say modern feminism is an abomination. So these do come across no, as sort of sledgehammer. No, when you say feminism isn't literally for anyone, it goes back to the idea that this women's march, which champions itself as a feminist movement, literally wasn't for everyone. Well, yeah, sure. Trump voters won't feel welcome at an anti-Trump women's rally. That's completely understandable, I think. I knew people who were not Trump supporters who didn't feel welcome. So where does that leave them? Sure. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that. What is the, wrong there. Okay, they don't. Then they don't participate. That's their choice. If they don't agree with it, they don't participate. Yeah, 
Thomas, I would 100% agree with you there. My point being, and I think one of the issues we're having in this conversation is we're talking seven months after the fact that this march happened. And a lot has changed in seven months. Mm -hmm. When the march first rolled out, it was this big deal. It was it came across as this entire women's movement and this collective women's movement. And then it, when you sort of peel the layers, you find out that it's not that inclusive. And so that's where, as a journalist, you start asking questions. Fast forward eight months in or seven months in, however long it's been, okay, fine, let them have their women's march. They're exclusionary, whatever, who cares? Let's move on to the next thing. But you're excluding modern feminists yourself. This is what I don't understand. Modern feminism in the way that it has come to be, what feminism is for the majority of, and I can't even say majority, but what feminism has come to be, this sort of hyper-aggressive, uh, let's hate on men, you know, a, a woman can only be this one thing. Like, let's look at this, the very classic example of a woman who chooses to be uh, a wife and a homemaker and a mother. And under the guise of sort of modern feminism, she would not be, she would not have a space. She would not be considered a feminist. This is something Hillary Well, it depends Clinton on what she does, really. If she's a wife and a mother and also like, you know, an advocate for women's rights. No, who cares if she's an advocate? She's the, okay, are you a mom by any chance? Being a mom is really, really hard. It is a full-time job. If I had it my way, I would not do any of this and I would be a full-time sure, mom. Sure, yeah. I don't, have I don't think that yet. disqualifies anyone from feminism. According to just, modern just, feminism, no. it does. If I'm, you're just I'm a, a modern you're feminist. Then you're not part of the mainstream idea. If we look at Hillary's own words, one of the quotes she had was she's talking about how, how she could have been sitting at home baking cookies or whatever, but she decided to have a career. And it's it's very derogatory language towards women who choose to have a different lifestyle from what the mainstream there's idea There's two things, I think, that are getting confused. Yeah, I, I'm not in favor of the 1950s sort of dedicated housewife lifestyle, yet I think that a mom that chooses to stay home with her child and does empowering things and is this great feminist role model is absolutely feminist. But if she wants to stay home and like wear a frilly apron and only, you know, be subservient to her husband, like these, you know, new alt-right trad life advocates want, then that's not feminist. Yeah. It's about not having rigid expectations either way and not forcing women either way. There's no, there's no reason that modern feminists they're they're not saying you cannot be a housewife and be a feminist. No, yeah. no mainstream feminist believes that. That my wife, me, anyone I know, my friends who identify as feminist, no one is saying you can't be a mom or be a housewife and, and be a feminist. There is a societal expectation among the sort of hyper feminists that if you do have this other choice and, and you might not be doing anything empowering, your day to day might just be Wiping some kid's butt and making the meal and that, making sure and, that's you know, empowering. That's Raising your child is great, I think. And that's the conversation that would have to be framed that way because largely it's seen as as sort of um, as a shameful act that you've sort of given up. And that's not I to say that some women have. I have not. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. It's just not. Yeah, I agree that there's a lot of emphasis on, you know, career women and things like that. But I, I honestly wouldn't consider any woman who shat on women for staying home with her kids, a feminist. Like, and I'm telling you as a very lefty feminist, I think that would be absolute bullshit. And then I completely applaud you for that. And I wish what, from what I have seen, more people were like that. And that's again, not to say that every single feminist is like that, but the, the sort of aggressive side of it is where I've heard a lot of this language. 
I mean, I've had, I've been attacked for having a child by some of these women for having a child because of my carbon footprint on planet okay, Earth. Okay, that's and, just insanity, you know what right? Like, that's and just, that's what I mean. That's what I mean by this sort of... You're talking about fringe, far leftists. Being attacked for your carbon footprint, that's not has nothing to do with feminism. That would be environmentalism. But see, a woman who's done that would, and it's not just been one, they would consider themselves hardcore feminists. So I think it comes back to our definition of, okay, well, what is what is modern feminism exactly? And I think that's a conversation for a whole other Yeah, what is modern feminism? Is it the straw man that you've decided it is because of some example you saw somewhere, or is it what the majority of feminists... Yeah, no, Thomas, we're not going to do that. We're not going to say, oh, it's because I saw a straw man, or I have a straw man because of some example. That That's really disrespectful. And I don't should, I don't, okay, let's, let's try to... Let's try to... I on your ideas like that, so I'd appreciate if you don't assume that I'm just going to accept that as some sort of no, you do, some you sort do valid should, argument. This whole article should no. chat on my Okay, ideas, so, so let, me, let me try to explain... Maybe where Thomas is coming from. I think, you know, Thomas, do you identify as a feminist? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so perhaps, like, he felt that the article was very accusatory and unfair, and maybe that's what he's responding to. Am I right? Yeah, I don't. I'm happy to talk about ideas. I think she should stand by. If she writes modern feminism is an abomination, she should stand by it. And I, I don't do think she gets it. to define feminism based on one example she heard. I think it's she should not one example, Thomas. It's me giving you one specific example. Right now. The thing she is, I think, okay, here's where I differ with Thomas. Modern feminism is. I do agree that this is not representative of modern feminism, but I also have encountered like some crazy feminists. You know, being a, yeah. an ex-Muslim critic of Islam, you do run into people who are, you know, who will call you a white supremacist and shit like that just for, you know, criticizing your own culture. So I, I've seen it. There are people who are way off base on both sides. Sure. Too. But that's They're not representative. Base. That's my point. Yeah. Yeah. There, there will be those people there. I've seen people like, you know, about the shirt gate, the ones that made the scientists cry for wearing like a sexy women pinup shirt. So I acknowledge what you're saying, but I just don't think that it's fair to paint all of modern feminism as that. And and I see that coming a lot from the right. Okay. And I respect that. And I respect that you feel that way. And I think that there is a validity in your point in that. Can I make this more distinct? Mm -hmm. Can I say, okay, what is modern feminism? And that's a piece I've been trying to write for the last few months have just been so tied up with other things, but modern feminism, if I wanted to address what Thomas is asking and, and Thomas, you are always welcome to respond to anything I've written and, and have that debate or have that dialogue. But to just say that, you know, to have these sort of underhanded attacks, it's just juvenile. Let's get past that. The idea of modern feminism and, and where the problem is, is where a female community sort of attacks itself or eats itself, which is where the title of Modern feminism is an Ouroboros. Comes in Ouroboros is the mythological snake that eats itself. So as a woman... But you can, can say listen. that about anything. Like the right will eat itself, the well, left will eat itself. about everything else, but we're talking specifically about feminism. When we talk about women, when we talk about, you know, women who I may not even like, I may not agree with, I, you know, whatever the feelings we have about women are, ultimately the idea of feminism, which comes from... What I pull from is the idea of divine or sacred feminism, which is we are supportive and we are strong matriarch communities, and we reinforce each other. We don't tear each other down. And so what I saw with the Women's March, and this is where my underlying issue with them surfaced. But you're just tearing a bunch of feminists down also. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm trying to have a conversation as a writer. That's what I do. I raise the provocative questions and then we talk about it. I don't okay. hardline say that Linda's her store. I would never, ever work with her or I would never, ever have a conversation with her or she's never right about anything because she has denounced FGM. I think she's one of the only leftist Muslim figures who's openly and actively denounced FGM. Other women haven't. She has, so, but she also insists that it's not an Islamic practice, which is... And I and she's right. She's 100% oh, right about okay, that. Well, My point being is we can agree where we can agree. Right. But, I disagree with that, for example. Then that's, and that's another conversation for another day. Sure. But the point being is that when we are tearing each other apart and when this women's march rose up, it became so... And maybe you guys don't remember the sentiment. Maybe you're not looking at it from the point of view of of the, the side that I was on when it, when it surfaced, but it became so hostile towards women who did not think a certain way. And this goes beyond politics. But you know what else was hostile towards women is this whole presidency, right? Like, and women that supported him. This guy who was like a self-professed sexual predator. So my support of Trump is somehow hostile to you? I'm not American, so I'm more removed to it, but I can understand... Hostile. Or women in, in this country, yeah. I, it's a democracy. We have the right to vote for who we want sure, to vote sure, for. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, nobody's That's, asking you not to vote for him. But I'm saying if you, if you if see it being hostile on one side, then it is also hostile on the other no, side. No, this is, it's ridiculous. That is a ridiculous claim. It's a democracy. You have the right to vote for who you want to vote for. You have the right to support who you want to support. If anything, I could say I felt offended that people voted for Hillary Clinton or supported Hillary or, or, you know, any number of these things. And that's not to say that we are giving a blanket pass to any one side. We're not. Because if we look at the other things that we've said and done, we do, we do hold a rigid standard. And there needs to be a standard. There needs to be a standard about the way that women are talked to or talked about. And <laughs> so, you're the one that's, like, saying all these things about modern feminists I, and women. The person we elected to the highest office of the land has been heard saying horrible things right. about women. The standard the isn't there. Is I'm not defending that. I'm not defending that. I'm saying if someone's you feeling, to be offended, if someone, I've let you go on for. Do I get to talk or? Yeah, let's yeah, give Thomas it. a chance. When, when you've said that you can just say you're offended by support of Hillary, we can actually you can say that, but we can actually evaluate the facts of this. We can look at the circumstances. We can look at what Trump was recorded of saying, the attitudes that he expressed, the fact that. He just went into the dressing room of Miss Teen USA, the fact that he bragged about it, the fact that he bragged about sexually assaulting women. We can look at that and look at that. That's that's real. And then the thing you're talking about with Hillary, that's not real. So, like, what in what okay. way would a vote okay. for Hillary be offensive to, like, This is women? a whole other conversation, though. I'm, no, I'm, I'm going to address it real quick. Okay. I we don't have, care like, if someone voted. Yeah, really quick. I don't care if someone voted for Hillary. I don't care if someone voted for Trump or they didn't vote. I don't care. Your, your statement here was that you consider a vote for Trump as hostile. I say get over it. That's someone's right to vote. If you don't like it, you don't need to vote for that person. But you can't sit there and cry and feel that it's a hostile move. But That's you're saying the women's march is hostile. Just having the feminist movement is a hostile move. Just having the women's march is a did hostile I, Did device. I use the word hostile? I said that it's aggressive and rigid and militant. And when you come, yes. when you come, when you start a movement and you say that, oh, this is for everyone, and then you start slowly shaving it away and saying, oh, no, this is only for this kind of someone, then that's a rigid movement. This, that's that's every movement. Every that's movement. Right. How exactly. Because that's you fine. seem to have, like, very strict definitions of these words, I will, I didn't, I never said it was hostile. I will use your same vocabulary. I will say that a vote for Trump was divisive, 
was uh, what was it? Aggressive. The entire election was divisive. So I I feel like. Can we get back to can we get back to Linda? Because really, we've talked a lot about other things. So the, the, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, Shireen, was how you talk about Linda supporting Sharia, which is true. She's, she said some really fucked up things about Sharia. Like her tweets are, you'll know you're living under Sharia law if suddenly your loans and credit cards become interest-free. Nice, isn't it? Or 10 weeks of paid maternity leave in Saudi. Yes, paid. And you're worried about women driving? puts us to shame insane okay so then you you had this to say about her in the past sarsour has railed against women spotlighting misogyny in the muslim world she openly advocates for including sharia law in the united states i i did not find that she advocated for including sharia law in the u.s but perhaps you can point me to how she does that Yet Sharia would dwarf her marches half a million turnout to 250,000 because under Sharia, a woman's testimony is worth half that of a man's. It would also punish the female protesters for vulgarity and publicly displaying pussy hats and other brazen symbols of womanhood. It would also allow men to beat their wives' daughters for participating in the protest. Although she thinks a President Trump will turn back the clock by 300 years, Sarsour forgets that Islam never left the Middle Ages in its primeval view of women. Now, there are parts of that I really agree with. Like, I think it's completely hypocritical to be anti-Trump and support Sharia and also some of the mullahs, the crazy mullahs and sheikhs that she supports. Yeah, Sheikh Yasser Qadi, she, you know, is fawning over him in this interview and encourages people to follow him. And then he has this video. He's a guy who thinks Muslim sisters should not work because their role is as wives and mothers. And this other dude who is Siraj Wahaj, she calls him a mentor, a motivator, and an encourager of mine, someone who has taught me to speak truth to power. He is an imam who has happily acknowledged that the rightful punishment is death by stoning for adultery. And he goes, you know how angry Allah is by the degree of his punishment for breaking the law. So these are some really messed up associations she has. She's a complete hypocrite for opposing Trump and his bigotry while supporting these guys. I'm with you on that 100%. And her Sharia quotes are completely insane. She minimizes it to like, you know, oh, dr- women not being able to drive isn't a problem. But think of the paid maternity leaves. It's complete absurdity. Paying the leads from the jobs that they're not allowed to have. It just and that's 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 sort of the propaganda she is. Her mentor, Imam Siraj Wahaj, has advocated for having Sharia be replaced by the, as the constitution. And but that's so not her. That's you know that's honestly when you study Islamists, that's the rhetoric they use across the board. They won't actively say let's replace Sharia or let, let's replace constitution with Sharia. What they'll say is they can use a democratic system to sort of... But you said she openly Islam. advocates for including Sharia yeah, law in the at, U.S. I've at, seen plenty of her tweets, but what she's doing is minimizing Sharia. She's saying it's good. She's pretending like none of the horrible, uh, you know, barbaric punishments include are included. And it's only just, you know, her like flowery definition of not eating pork and... So she, she says something like, you know, if I don't eat pork, don't drink, then I'm following Sharia. This is her. This is what she's saying. Right. right. So I don't think it's fair to say that she would want like, you know, the, the kind of Sharia where women are beaten 
or in fact, she minimizes that and pretends that that doesn't exist. That is a problem with her. But you see, when you say that she's openly advocating for it, that implies that she wants like, you know, that kind of Saudi Sharia law. Yeah, she does. Again, there is an entire tweet archive. I've tweeted on it. I've Alex well, Bennett what, is another person who's tweeted on it. So there it, are... The, th- the thing is, you have, do you have it in memory what she said? Point is, I'm not here to be your archiver or for, for your research. There are so many shitty fucking tweets she's got that I just read some of them. Pulled. I right, just read some of them. People have pulled them, and so you can go look them up. I'm not. I'm not a transcriber for all of Linda's comments. Yeah, but if you, but surely you would have in mind what she has said, something as great as her advocating for Sharia law in the United I States. It was, I believe, I'm 100% sure there was exactly one tweet that advocated for Sharia as being uh, compatible in the U.S. And that is code for... No, but isn't that, that's her saying that this is what Sharia, that's her minimizing. That's a separate problem. It's a problem nonetheless. But that's her saying that, you know, Sharia means, you know, interest-free credit cards or not drinking. That's the nice kosher way of talking about Sharia, but she's not stupid enough to know. She's So then there enough. there isn't a tweet where she says, I want Sharia law, like, inclusive of all its punishments what in the U.S. What you're asking for, essentially, is her having a tweet saying that I want the most backwards version or interpretation of Sharia included in U.S. law. Yeah. Is that what you're asking yeah. for? So maybe you should go ask her what she meant by when she said Sharia, because when she said Sharia... I know what she meant, because she says it all the time. She minimizes it. But that's what I'm saying about the nuance of criticizing Linda. And I think ultimately... I'm not going to... I'm not going to minimize that. When she talks about Sharia, she... No, no, I'm not minimizing it either. What I'm saying is that she's not advocating for Sharia law. She's... She is trying to show to people, which is problematic in itself, that Sharia law means nothing other than her you know, refraining from pork or credit card, interest-free credit cards or paid maternity leave. So she tries to put this veneer of bullshit where Sharia is this beautiful thing. But you and I both know that that's not true. And that is an absolute problem. So just like how I say to people about Rubin, I don't know if you know Dave Rubin, but he's Mm -hmm. like the Linda Sarsour of the right. So what he does is... I wouldn't go that far. I I I absolutely would. I'd love to hear. I'm open to hearing. Why sure, sure. Uh, that's another right. conversation, though. But what I can tell you is that he supports some very far right people with dangerous views, with extremely bigoted views. And then he tries to put this veneer of liberalism on it. And that's what Linda does, essentially, on the left. She supports these far right bigots, Islam, Islamist bigots. But then when people go far and say that Dave Rubin, you know, is a white nationalist or Dave Rubin is a Nazi, I tell them that that's not right. And what you're in fact doing is you're giving him reason to not take the other criticisms, the more precise criticisms seriously. And this is what happens with Linda Sarsour all the time. People Linda go likes far. To think of herself as revolutionary. She's absolutely and, not. But she's not a and, jihadist. She didn't call for jihad against Trump. You know what I'm saying? I think she knew exactly what she was doing. I'm not saying she called for violent jihad against Trump, but when she's using language and, and we're in a, in a in a sort of environment where we already have a microscope on us, there was an entire imam up in Davis, California, who had really damaging, violent rhetoric against Jews. You have to be a little bit more intelligent. Sure, sure. It was a really stupid word to use. 
But am I going to assume that Linda doesn't mean the most extreme versions of Sharia? I mean, come on. I mean, best I can. This is the same thing, essentially. What I this is what I think when you are projecting that she means Sharia law that is anti-woman, white women should be beaten and would not be allowed, you know, to the pussy march or the sorry, the women's march. That's not that's clearly against what she wants because she's so an organizer. Why don't we ask her what she wants rather than assuming what she wants. Sure, because but she'll never answer by, that. I, I stand 100% judging evaluating Linda's personality, evaluating her work, studying who she is as a person. It's not just something I pulled out of my head and said, "Oh, let's just stick this on." This is an entire profile on this woman that I have studied and I've studied what she's done, what she says, who she is. What so she's have I, though. And that's what I fear is that I think you are going a bit too far when you say that she openly advocates for including Sharia law in the United States. Well, let's look at her mentor. If a mentor implies, and Thomas, correct me if I'm wrong, but a mentor implies that you value their their philosophy or their their ideology, or you value the direction they, they're pushing for. And Imam Sirhaj Wahaj has openly advocated for it as well. Mm-hmm. So is and she has never at any point, given all the opportunities she has to distance herself from that specific statement, she's never distanced herself either. Yeah. So she knows I also mean, that I'm he's a controversial figure. So she at any point she could have distanced herself and she has Sure, yeah. That's what I say about Rubin too. Going to Dave Rubin, I've I, I get where you're coming from, and I actually agree with you because I don't I don't like some of the people that are specifically from the um, the ex-Muslim community where they end up becoming. Uh, there's an entire issue, and I think this has to be a different conversation as well. But it does it does have that veneer of okay, we're going to be liberal and have these values, but some of the guests he has on are flat out uh, Muslim haters. They would they would very comfortably flip with flip with the alt right. Sure, so but um, I'd say it's people like Katie Hopkins who said we need a final solution about Muslims right after Manchester, and he explicitly said, "I have seen nothing bigoted or racist that you said." From what I've seen, he always gives himself that little cover, and then he had a guy called Tommy Sotomayor who says that the Jews kind of could have walked out of the Holocaust situation and it's their fault that they were in it. He blames black people for slavery. He is a black guy. He's just an incredible bigot. He has these types of people time after time. He's had Lauren Southern on, the woman who, you know, was shut down on Patreon because she was out there directing a boat to stop a migrant rescue mission. Mm -hmm. And she's been on there saying that the left misrepresents Richard Spencer by calling him a white supremacist. He's not a white supremacist. He's just a white nationalist. Now, this kind of stuff is is extremism in the Western context. What I would like to see Dave do is bring on really, truly progressive Muslims who haven't felt the need to leave their faith. And that's not to say that anyone who has left the faith is wrong. It's a personal choice. But my issue with the ex-Muslim community is, and you're ex-Muslim too, right? Yeah. What I find really respectful about you, even in this conversation where I may not agree with a lot of what's being said, but I do appreciate the nuance that you bring into the conversation. And you're Thank very, you. very specific about language. And I respect that. And I don't see that at large from a lot of the more popular ex-Muslims. <laughs> I say that you're not popular. I <laughs> yes, I have issues as well. To be honest you know, with I you, I've that. been feeling out of step with the ex-Muslim scene for a while and a lot of it is centered around not kind of disassociating from people as toxic as Dave Rubin. So to me, they're just two sides of the same coin, Linda or Dave. You know, they're both sanitizers. 
Sorry, disagree. What? I I would not say Linda and Dave are equal. I would say Linda is a. This is how we can at least maybe agree. Linda's a personality. Dave is a platform. So Dave brings on other people through his show. What I would love to see Dave do is Dave bring has on Donald Trump's son supporting him and saying that he's a liberal to give him liberal. Oh, ISIS could support me tomorrow. Does that mean no, 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 no? What I'm saying okay. is he's not a nobody. He's also a personality. He is a personality, but his. What do you say, pers- Thomas? Oh, I don't. I don't. I think. I think he's a lot worse than Sarsour. But I could give you my view on whole Sarsour um, Sharia stuff. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think that we have uh, a lot of evidence on that. We have what she has said. We have what her whole reason of existence is with the, the women's march and the goals that she is espoused through that. And what I think is the most consistent explanation is that she has in her mind a different definition of uh, of Sharia law than I guess uh, you do. Um, uh, so, you know, like that's consistent, Shireen. So there are many Muslims who, say, who do do that, though. They do kind yeah. of try to push a different definition. They think they're reclaiming it or whatever, but it just it's not a good look. It's not a good idea. You have to acknowledge. Yeah, no, and, and we can agree on that. I agree that she's whitewashing it way too much. Like she's putting a positive spin on something that is not positive and she shouldn't be doing that. But we also can address her on our own terms. Mm-hmm. We don't have to assume we know what's truly in her mind and that she's actually trying to wage some war on the constitution and replace it with Sharia. She believes Sharia is not eating pork and whatever. Mm-hmm. A couple things she said, because you, you kept saying we need to ask her, well, she has said what she thinks. Yeah, no, she hasn't. She hasn't distanced herself from what her, her own mentor has said. And when it comes to her and Sharia, I, I do agree with you that she might have a completely different definition of Sharia. But the way that I look at Sharia and the way that I study it is what the the theology and what the sort of innovation in Islam that led to Sharia, what Sharia actually has become, what Sharia was meant to be was sort of a current in the sea. And people can take many different currents, which is where the variation in people picking and choosing Sharia now comes from. But what Sharia eventually became was this, this matrix-like system, this really rigid uh, set of legal uh, codes that became part of the faith. And so the Sharia that the large majority of the population uses now is the latter. It's not the former. And so it's it's very, very generous to think that she's using Sharia in the original Islam sense when she is not uh, a student of theology or Islamic sciences. She's using it in the sense that she says she's using it. And so she has plenty of places. That's online. a very apologist sort of he's view. Not, of he's not Sharia. apologizing. No, it is. We need to take her words that she's telling us and, and what she's not saying, Thomas. And that's what, what is consistent with the Women's March, which is her organization, with the, her life's work. So me taking her words, which are consistent with her actions and stated beliefs, that is so an apology. She can go on a platform and talk about jihad against a democratically elected leader, but she can't take two seconds of her time to denounce what her own mentor has said about Sharia and the Constitution. But we agree on that. That's wrong. Right. The point being is that she has these opportunities. She has that tweet where she said Sharia is completely compatible with speech, U.S. law. No, in that same speech, she said jihad is speaking truth to power. Is in the same speech. So. Oh, come on. Yeah, she Thomas. said that she's quoting someone. Her definition. Yeah, we're not going to agree on that. No, but she literally said that, you know, jihad is speaking a word in the face of a, of a tyrant Shit. or something like yeah. that. Jihad is also violent war. Of course it's it is, both. but you have to take her on the words that she said, so, right? So in, yeah. if, if, if we're going to do that, if we're taking Linda's word on whatever she thinks she's saying at the moment, 
then she's probably a bigger reformer than I am because she's literally changing Islam on the spot to what suits her politically for that moment. No, she's not the only one. I mean, there was a pro-LGBT Muslim movie called Jihad for Love. I, you know what? I, you guys can sit there and, and sugarcoat Linda. And I'm not sugarcoating her. I'm just I'm asking for accuracy it. so that the left can actually I absorb accuracy. I have given you accuracy. I've given you what she actually says versus what her mentor has said, what Islam has says, what the faith actually says itself, this faith that she says that she is a part of, but she picks and chooses what she wants to present when it suits her. Yes, but that's what many modern theists do. That's what reformists do. No, that's not what we do. Actually, reformers, most reformers look at original Islam. I have taken the last 15 years to study this faith. I have extensively put everything aside to study it with two different shakes the last year. It is important to know what the fucking religion says. And when she doesn't know what the fucking religion says and she's going on stage and she's picking and choosing what she wants to say, then it's people like Thomas to sit there and eat it up and say, oh, but this is not what she really No, wants. no, 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 way, no, no, no. I think you're up. confusing. To get going. Can we wrap it up? Um, sure. Uh, I think I'll just, I'll have to talk it out with Thomas a bit more, but um, yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, I guess we disagree wholeheartedly. The reason that I disagree with this approach of sledgehammering and saying that she wants Sharia law included in the United States and she wants jihad on, you know, uh, the president or whatever, is that it is so hyperbolic that the actual criticisms get swept under the rug. And this is my point with people who call Dave Rubin a Nazi as well. There are so many proper things to criticize here. If you just stick to them, then people will more likely absorb them rather than trying to sugarcoat her or say that she's this perfect progressive role model, which she clearly isn't. On that, we agree. And I would say on that, Linda, her story, there needs to be a call to action for her to be more defined in how she says these, because these are essentially questions for her, which unfortunately we both know she's not going to answer. So I would say we can rally around getting her to answer these questions, which is the most fair way to talk about this. But when someone on Twitter did ask her that, she said, well, that's what Sharia law is. I already don't eat pork. I already don't drink. No, come on. She said that, though. You know what an Islamist is. She's a classic propagandist, and she's an Islamist, and there's really no other way to talk about Linda Sarsour except for that. I think she's a sanitizer of Islamism and of Islamists. I don't know if she's trying to put Sharia law in. So Well, how about we come back in 10 years and we figure out what she's actually done and, and we when can the U.S. Her. when the U.S. has fallen to Sharia law <laughs> and the White Pretty House much. is basically a mosque, then we'll come non-existent. Tra- exactly. <laughs> then we'll talk right. when Thomas All has right. converted to Islam. Thanks, Shireen. I think he might already be there. I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you so much. <laughs> good meeting you, Thomas. Bye. Yep. Good talking to you. OK, what was your what was your sense of that? Oh, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I think I said what I meant. I don't know why she thought I was doing some underhanded attack to her. I thought I was very explicit in my attack of her ideas. I, I don't want to I don't want to appear as though I'm being underhanded. I thought she had a straw man of feminism. Uh, I still think she does. Um, I don't see how that's underhanded. She just did. That's just what I believe. Um, but and then as far as Linda Sarsour goes, I mean, I, I was I was going to say I tried to say, but I, I got cut off that 
I do agree with her on her the associations part. So I think Sarsour's weaknesses, like a, she and she has a lot. Like she has a blind spot for some people, some, some Muslims that she associates with, some other people she associates with. She has a blind spot for the really shitty things they've said. And I think that's a totally fair criticism. But it's so weird to me that simultaneously, while Shireen is criticizing a march for being like too. <laughs> feminist and like too rigid of a definition of feminist. She's also saying one of the leaders actually secretly doesn't believe all that. Like it's, it's just an amazing. <laughs> yeah. What, what I don't understand are the, the contradictions of finding the feminism, modern feminism too hostile, but the Trump administration is like not hostile. I don't know. Yeah. Strange I, I, thing. Yeah, kind of a mess, but, uh, but Whatever. I, I always, you know, number one thing I do respect is people who come on and, and fight for what they believe in. I do appreciate that also. It's not easy to come on from the opposite perspective and just argue your points, you know? So I do totally respect that. Uh, I'm glad that she did give us that perspective. What do you think about this strategically, though? Like, not over-criticizing Linda, not saying that she wants Sharia, not saying that she wants jihad. Do you think that there's a point there? Like when I ask for nuance, it's only because I think strategically it just won't be effective to sledgehammer this stuff, to just say, oh, well, she wants to, you know, spread Sharia law or take over and replace Sharia law. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I what I believe in is just trying to say true things, you know, because I think that um, <laughs> either, way, either way we're kind of fucked because no matter what, like even when uh, Jake Tapper says, you know, why are you tweeting about the birthday of uh, someone who's on the FBI's most wanted list? Um, then he's he was and I want to be accurate about this. I don't think she called her alt right. She said he joins the alt right in criticizing me. He did, but um, how does that look, right? That looks like what I'm saying is that I I believe in saying true things. So either way, cause her cause his criticism was very fair. And so either way we're fucked because he made a very fair criticism and then her reaction and the online community's reaction was over the top yeah. against him. So we're kind of fucked no matter what is my point though. <laughs> all I'm trying to do, like strategically, I have no idea. Like what, I don't know what works anymore on the internet. I've, people are reactionary either way there, you know, but I have to hope that there's a silent majority in there that, that is going to be susceptible to facts and so what i'm trying to do but i think that it actually didn't work in her favor to lump jake tapper in with the alt-right like it was not yeah so you know i think having a fair criticism of her is probably great because then she's the one that looks like an idiot whereas if you say she's calling for jihad then everyone dismisses you Yep. And says that the far right is always after Linda Sarsour. I agree with that's how it should work. <laughs> I agree with with you that hopefully that's what's happening. Like hopefully she did look ridiculous when she did that with Jake Tapper. Like hopefully you're right. But I just you know in this day and age, I guess I've lost a lot of faith in people within the Trump era. Like I don't know what facts matter and what facts don't matter. I I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, it's so true. Facts just don't matter. So one thing I wanted to talk to you before we go is this um, this article that many in the skeptic community have been retweeting very happily about when progressives embrace oh, yeah. hate. My latest episode was was directed at that. <laughs> Great. So what did you have to say about it? About it? Oh, what I had to say about it was um, I, I, it was sort of what I brought up in the beginning of our yeah. conversation. 
day was I didn't know who the leaders of the women's march were. My wife didn't know. All our friends who marched didn't know. No one really gives a shit. Mm -hmm. It's what the march stood for. And uh, while while Shireen is technically true that you can write a good, you know, like set of beliefs there, I think it's a weird bit of conspiracy theorizing to think that you would need to write a more sanitized set of beliefs, but then the whole movement would know that you actually mean a worse set of beliefs. But then if that's true, then you could have just written those worst set of beliefs because the whole movement already supports it. So it's a weird that that's a weird bit of conspiratorial thinking in my mind. But when my wife marched, when I would have marched if I weren't again podcasting that day, uh, when my friends marched, like we were marching because we disagreed with Trump strongly and we were insulted by the things he said about women. And we saw that as a horrible thing for our country. That's what we believe in. We didn't. We weren't marching for Linda Sarsour's mentor, you know. Like we just, yeah, so yeah. I, I, and, and you weren't marching for Siraj Al Wahaj. Are you kidding? Exactly. And I think it's so. What I ended up saying about that article is, by all means, point out these bad associations. I think it's valid to say, hey, look at these progressive. Look, look, look at these leaders in this movement. Here's who they're palling around with. Here's what they've said. That's totally valid. Mm -hmm. But there is some language toward the end where they tried to equate what's happening on the Trump right with that. Mm -hmm. for like, no, 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 no. For the left, there's some weird associations with some leaders of a movement who didn't matter. And we didn't, nobody knew who the leaders were and it didn't matter. For the right, this is they're in the White House. Like this is not this is not an equal thing. Yeah, so yeah. The power structure is very different for the two things. And they tried to say like, oh, will the left have the courage to call? Up? Will progressives have more spine than conservatives in policing hate in their ranks, or will they ignore it in their fury over the Trump administration? I mean, I think there's a point that they should absolutely call this stuff out, but then. When the far right starts saying that she is a jihadist and stuff like that, she's calling for jihad against Trump. It really just obscures what it's, the true yeah, point it's is. It's totally an effort to smear movement you disagree with. Because what is what? How is the women's march factoring in right now? Like if we all decided, okay, we're we're done with Linda Sarsour and whoever the other people are whose names I forget. Like what what effect does that even have? Okay, I still agree with all the things in the march. Well, like, what would be great is that they wouldn't have that to hold over the progressives. That's what would be good. No, I agree. But I'm saying like, how is it continue? It's it's only being held over progressives because of a concerted effort by the right to smear a cause they disagree. Well, with. and like, also because it's wrong of them not to address this. But how is it factoring anymore? Like the march happened, you know. Unless I'm. Sure. Crazy, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. But then she's become this icon. I think that's the problem. She's this icon, this feminist once icon. She runs something. Then, then, yeah. Like once she, once she runs for something, once she, you know, like I'm not, I, I believe in the women's march. I'm not. That's not contingent on Linda Sarsour in any way for me. And I'm just yeah, an yeah. average smart person. That's I get it, I mean. but it's just she, she puts a dark cloud over it, which is a uncomfortable and i understand like having the having one of the people lead it that that supports all these blatant misogynists and homophobes and doesn't distance herself from it it's not really yeah, it's really curious yeah what yeah exactly yeah and i think that's sort of a personal blind spot thing that's what i found with a lot of these people that i'm studying it's like they they have sorry sort of the other leaders that i that i talked about they have a personal blind spot when it comes to civil rights and other kind of minority rights leaders who happen to also embrace Islam, 
uh, they kind of are blind to the shitty things they say, which is wrong, and and we should call it out. But it's it doesn't mean my point with Shireen is that to 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 assume that that secretly means they agree with these things despite their life's work, which is marching against them. That's way more of a conspiracy theory level tinfoil hat claim than just saying, okay, they have a personal blind spot for other things this person they support has said. Like, mm-hmm. which is the easier explanation for that? Well, yeah, sometimes it's like a, an alliance of convenience and sometimes it's sinister. It's hard to tell, though, um, what's yeah. what sometimes, right? But what really struck me with the people retweeting this article is, you know, when progressives embrace hate yeah. are the people that do not call out when, you know, skeptics embrace hate. Yep. Uh, what's up with that? <laughs> like, this is happening in your own backyard, you know? People are embracing or, you know, uh, giving legitimacy to crazy, crazy people like Stefan Molyneux, who thinks uh, women are to blame for all the world's evil. Or, you know, as I mentioned, Lauren Southern, who literally tried to stop migrants from being saved. Or, you know, even Majid, someone... Someone who I have a lot of respect for, uh, but when he went on Sargon of Akkad's show, Sargon has said some really strange stuff. One thing that, one clip that I saw was like him screaming about how this murderer, Elliot Roger, uh, it was the feminist system's fault for like, you know, excluding this guy or leaving him no options. I don't remember the exact rant, but I'll link it. It was crazy unhinged ranting which is ironic considering that before your stupid social justice feminine bullshit it didn't happen on this scale it's crazy this is a disease of the modern age you are responsible for perpetuating it by disenfranchising these poor fucking guys who don't have any options left When someone takes the option of absolute, insanely last resort, you have to wonder what kind of system is producing them. And I tell you what, Lacey, it is a fucking feminist system that's doing this. Oh, you should give that to me because you know I'm debating Sargon or something. I'm doing something. Yeah, yeah, I will. Um, I just... So little about him, so you'll have to you'll have to send me that. Yeah. So so when when people on one side go and you know chill or don't denounce these types of views on the skeptic side, then on what basis are they to call progressives out? This is what I don't understand. I'm happy to call progressives out when they're wrong on this, and I have done a lot of times. But I've also I'm trying to be fair. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that I mean, there's we can point out the the crazies. We can point out the illogical, the the hateful people on both sides. Like we can point out now. Let's talk about the issues. You know, yeah. it's like here's the issues. Uh, I'm a progressive. I believe in equality. I'm a feminist. I like the like we can we can agree that there's fringes, and they you know we can just sort of. I'm not going to hold everybody on the right accountable for what. Alex Jones says, but I am going to hold them accountable for when they vote for a president who endorses Alex right, Jones. Right, 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 right. Or Richard Spencer, even. Yeah, yeah exactly. So um, it's it's really about mainstream versus fringe voices. This uh, this sheikh that Linda was so you know supportive of, Sheikh Yasser Qadi. He has this speech I said earlier where he talks about Muslim sisters, you know, should not work because their role is as wives and mothers. It's like a, like a hop. 
and skip away from Jordan Peterson's lecture that I saw where he's trying to convince women that they don't want positions of power because it's really complicated and, you know, there's a lot of travel and you might get sued. (sighs) So, like, what is happening when this is happening on both sides, but one community insists on only, only, only talking about what's happening on the opposite side, never self-reflecting. Yep. Yeah. So Being I, an argument for me on that. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that should wrap it up unless you had anything yeah. else to say. No, I, I tried to say what I, what I believe. I, I, I think, um, yeah. Wow. That article, I, I, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people don't just back up what they're saying. They try to dodge it as so well it's starting a conversation it's like well no you put this out on a major publication and you wrote these words so like stick to them you know don't tell me this is starting a conversation yeah but um i think uh did we get anywhere do you think we clarified anything hopefully oh i don't think we got anywhere with her no but that's what but what are you gonna do I don't no know. but generally <laughs> for the audience for the audience oh, yeah. well, maybe I, I, I don't know i'm curious what a casual observer thinks i think there's most what? people who are in my listenership are pretty anti linda sarsour but and and yeah, look like she has some totally sucky things about her and i agree oh but yeah like, what's Absolutely. the appropriate level of criticism so that's what i've been trying to what was the response to your linda sarsour episode like well, I, I mean, my my responses are pretty tame in general. Like I've got, I think my goal as a show is to be so boring that I don't get, you know, a lot of trolls. <laughs> I can't make it through the whole episode. No, I, I, I got some people, you know, I got some people, oh, you weren't hard enough. And it's funny because they don't end up saying anything I didn't say. They just, I just wasn't like mean enough about it, which like, you know, it's kind of a weird thing. I think it's this, in my opinion, it's this impulse to either be, hundred percent anti or hundred percent pro mm. like to find a team. It's like, well, you weren't on the team that was saying Linda Sarsour is the you know worst human and ruining our lives. Like, well, this is literally what the accusation against progressives is, right? That they're too rigid and yeah, but you know, you often see it from the other side, but it doesn't get framed like that somehow. Uh, but but at the same time, I mean, I, you know, I do want to try to be as fair as I can. That's all I'm trying to do. Like on my show and, and I guess here or anywhere I go, I just am, I'm trying to be fair, doing my best. I think that, you know, lots, lots of negative things to say about Sarsour. But when it comes to the mind reading that she's a closet jihadist or that she's an is, I mean, that that's that's tinfoil hat stuff. That's yeah. Not, yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, that's kind of why, you know, I kind of facepalm when Dan Arell will say things like Ruben is a Nazi because he just yeah. gives them something to laugh at. I even said it's so funny that you meant like it's it's amazing how much this en- episode ended up like we're talking about a lot of the same things that my recent episode oh, talked really? about <laughs> Dan Errol and I was like I think he is so far the other way of just labeling everyone a Nazi that he disagrees with that he, he he's made himself meaningless and I I know I've talked to him on my show nicest guy in the world by yeah. the way like I he's super likable and we we had a productive conversation but I've said it to him and I'll say it, I'll continue to say it. I think he takes himself out of serious conversation with, with his Twitter behavior yeah. and his you know social media behavior. It's just not, he becomes not serious to me. Um, he claimed, I think his counter argument is that it, I actually, I think he pulled the same thing. It was, oh, I'm trying to start conversations and stuff like that. <laughs> I think that's what's happening, but okay. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, Ruben's having a great time thinking that he's aggr- uh, addressing the progressive view, but really he's not at all addressing the chunk of criticism that so many people have. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, Thomas, thank you so much. It was a pleasure hey, chatting. Thanks for having me on. I love love your work. Uh, you know, I'm I'm really happy to to kind of be be working alongside you. It's been fun. So. Yeah, and I love yours. I mean, your Linda episode was great. I didn't always agree. I did think you were a bit soft on her, but I did think sure. it was a very fair attempt and a fair effort. And I'll link it in the show notes so people can listen. You did a good job. Right. Much appreciated. Thank you. All right. Well, you take care. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Polite Conversations. You can support this podcast by sharing the shit out of it, making some noise about it, or contributing via Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash nice mangoes. No Ian mangoes. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at nice mangoes. If you want to make a one-time donation instead of a monthly Patreon one, you can do so via PayPal. NiceMangoes.blog at gmail.com. Remember, no Ian Mangoes. If you've got an interesting story and would potentially like to be a guest, you can email me there too. A special thanks to Dylan Beck for theme music, sound, and production help. <laughs>